It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, folks. Our Wimbledon coverage this year is sponsored by Local Tennis Leagues, the home of friendly, competitive tennis in the UK. With over 10,000 players in local tennis leagues up and down the country, it's never been easier to find someone locally with a similar ability to have a hit with. It really is tennis on your terms, competitive and with total control of when and where you play over eight-week rounds. It's also a fun way to get fit, meet new people, make the most of your local park or tennis venue and get those competitive juices flowing. And it's absolutely open to all standards. You just need to be 18 or over to play. So whether you're at the beginning of your tennis journey like me or a master on the court like me, there's something for everyone. Once you're signed up, there's also the chance to win prizes, play for points and receive a free tube of tennis balls just for playing your matches. You also get a host of other great benefits, including access to the Wimbledon ballot. So what are you waiting for? Join Local Tennis Leagues today at www.localtennisleagues.com and use our exclusive checkout code WEEKLY50 in capitals for 50% off your £18 entry fee. That's www.localtennisleagues.com, WEEKLY50 at the checkout. The link is in the description. So get ready to play some friendly competitive tennis on a court near you. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel and Kim on today's Wimbledon preview sponsored by local tennis leagues. Djokovic and Nadal get contrasting routes to the final. Emma Raducanu lands a tricky first rounder. And Iga Sviontek is set to open Tuesday's centre court proceedings. Kim, today is the 24th of June and we are here to catch up on the Wimbledon draws at Tennis Weekly HQ. We have got SW19 just round the corner, a few days away. The draws have landed today and as usual at Tennis Weekly HQ, we are going to be looking at the men's and women's draws quarter by quarter. We're going to be giving some predictions as well and also giving our collector set player picks so it's all very exciting and I feel on top of all of this excitement what even makes it even more exciting is the fact that all the talk I think in the build-up from British perspective anyway it's been great it's there's been so many success stories surprise success stories that I'm going into this I'm going into this tournament with lots of optimism I think when it comes to the the two singles draws Absolutely. We've had Jack Draper just making the semis at Eastbourne, Brian Penniston having, I think, mm. multiple quarterfinals, um, Harriet Dart and Katie Balter getting some really good yeah. wins as well. Like really fantastic results. And and none of our British players have drawn, I think, seeded players in the, um, no. the first round, which is fantastic and, and just gives them that extra little sense of opportunity, I think. And It's a minor miracle, Kim. It is. <laughs> I think there's 17 uh, 17 Brits across the men's and women's singles draws and none of them have got seeded players. I was so worried. I was so nervous about, particularly with Andy Murray, about you know who he could have faced 
Uh, I was getting all sorts of nightmares, if I was being honest, last night in terms of in terms of his draw. But yeah, fortunately, he got. I mean, he got James Duckworth. We'll get into the you know the first quarter, which he's landed in in a sec. But uh, yeah, very promising, good platform for the Brits. It feels like <laughs> it does feel though like now it's it's set up for them. I just hope they can make the most of it. Yeah, we're, we're all sort of egging them on. They've had great build-up events and then they're just all losing the first round. But that's being very negative. I'm sure some of them will get um, a good win. They just don't want to play Maxime Cressy because he's just been beating all the British he's, players I know, he's this beat week. three in a row. How dare he? <laughs> How dare he? How dare he be on, on the British soil doing that to... Uh, <laughs> no, only joking. He's a lovely bloke, it seems, and, you know, doing really, really well. But um, we'll get on to, to his chances later on. I mean, let's dive into the draws because they were made um, this morning. I was quite pleased that Andy Murray actually wasn't in Rafa's section of the draw because I'm planning to to queue and camp. And I think with all the Andy Murray fans, uh, I think it makes the queue a bit busier when uh, they're involved. So if they're on the other side, it's generally a bit nicer. I thought you were going to be more relieved that Lucas Rossell wasn't in Nadal's quarter well, or even anywhere near Nadal. Yeah, He's he's closer to Djokovic actually. He's got Basilashvili first round. Um, yeah, I was when I heard that he'd qualified. I was like, oh no, here we go again. I didn't even know he was still playing tennis. Well, he obviously just rocks up for Wimbledon. He's going <laughs> to cause an upset in the first round and perhaps beyond. Um, but yeah, let's get on to that first quarter where the likes of Lucas Russell and Andy Murray are uh, obviously head, headed up by Novak Djokovic, defending champion uh, number one C, but not the world number one who you know is currently Daniel Medvedev. He's not playing because of the ban on Russians and Belarusians. Um, Djokovic has got a pretty a comfortable draw, I would say. I'm looking at it. I don't really see any any challenges until a possible quarterfinal with Carlos Alcaraz. But to be honest, we haven't seen Alcaraz in, in any grass court tournaments, so I'm I'm not convinced he's going to get even to that stage yeah. himself. I, I sort of agree with you. He you know, he's he's at Hurlingham, I think, at the moment with some exhibition matches. He's had an elbow injury recently, which I think has hampered his um his warm up. I think he said in an interview that, you know, last week he wasn't even sure, you know, he was gonna fly to the UK, but he wasn't really sure what, what activity he was gonna be able to kind of partake in. And uh even on the court, his uh you know, one of his arms is just completely strapped. So it's interesting to see that he, you know, has not got, it doesn't feel like he's 100% physically fit. And this is a surface where this is certainly, I think, a big kind of learning curve for him. This is still, I think, very much him still getting that experience. Yes, he is in here as the fifth seed. But yeah, I, I would agree with you. I'm, I would be surprised if we see him, I think, live up to his his seeding and and have that match with with Novak Djokovic because we do have some sort of dangerous players in here I was talking about the other week Oscar Otter um who did very well in Halle getting to the semi-finals losing to Daniel Medvedev he could potentially face Carlos Alcaraz in the third round but I I think he is a pretty dangerous I think he's a pretty dangerous player I think I think quite a lot of the players in the draw will be quite relieved that he sneaked in with that final 30 second sort of seeding place but um yeah for me he's a little bit of a dangerous player to watch Yannick Sinner is in there as well Kim and he's got Stan Wawrinka in the first round apparently Yannick Sinner's never won a match on grass so I don't know how he's gonna fare at Wimbledon I think which is great for Andy Murray because 
he's in that section. So if Andy can get through James Duckworth, which I absolutely believe he can, if he can get through John Isner, which will be a bit of a trickier one, then he would potentially face Yannick Sinner slash Stan slash Ema slash Altmaier. Um, so I think this is looking good for Andy. I think that Isner match is going to be the, the hardest yeah. one. I feel like he's got great stats against like mm. he's a great returner. So servers, if, you know yeah. he's he's got the the return ammunition in his game, isn't he? But could be on for a rematch with Oscar Otter in the fourth round, perhaps. <laughs> um, Oscar Otter. I, oh, yeah, oh, I was let's not go there. Oh, let's not go there, there, Kim, because that would give me another heart attack. I was there for that match last year. It was great though. The atmosphere <laughs> was fantastic. I managed to sneak in towards mm. the end, and it was like a football crowd. It was really like roaring. Um, Tim Van Rijthoven also in this section with a world card after his recent mm. exploits in uh, the Netherlands. So he's got a, a very winnable first round against Del Bonice. Um, the man with the highest ball toss in, well, on the ATP yeah. tour in, in tennis in general. Po- quite possibly. Um, so <laughs> Tim Van Rijthoven, yeah, I think he could get to possibly the fourth round even. Um, but obviously best of five, very different, mm. also not at home. So, you know, I think overall I'm, I'm looking at Djokovic and oh, I mean, got could we get a Djokovic Andy Murray quarter or am I getting way too ahead of myself? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think, you know, there's still you know, uncertainty over Andy. I think there's been, you That's know, talk true. of him not being able to, you know, to serve. Um, yes, he had that great week in in, Stutt- in Stuttgart where he beat, uh, you know, he went all the way through to the final. Um, but the way he finished that final did give Andy fans, including myself, a little bit of concern. So, I think we'll know a bit more, you know, once he steps out on the court against Duckworth. I think that will certainly happen. And it's, I think, sort of relieved in the sense that he's got what seems or feels like quite a kind opening match. And to be honest, even against John Isner, you don't feel like that match is going to be full of lots of physical rallies. You feel like the the, the point length, the, the strokes is going to be quite minimal in, in, a, in potentially that as a second round match. So I think... You know, that is, it's been quite a nice route that is given to him. But at the same time, there is still, I think, concern about just how fit he is and particularly with it affecting his, his serve, because we just know how many free points he can get with his first serve. We know how important the serve is. Um, it's like, but it's the most important stroke in the game. So I think that's going to be a big factor. And that'll be certainly something I'll be looking at in his first round matches is just how well he's been being able to serve with the injury troubles he's had recently. So Oscar Otter for the quarters could very well be on then. <laughs> I mean, I hope obviously Andy Murray does well, but yeah, given his fitness, his his injury concerns. Well, I want to know, is Oscar Otter going to wear his earring? Because is that going to be under the all white policy? Because it was black in Haller. And is he going to change it to white? I don't. I don't know. Do earrings fall under the, the all white policy, Kim? Well, I'm pretty sure Serena's worn like gold hoops and what have you before. <laughs> so I feel like they might be the one you know non-white thing people can wear. <laughs> but it's funny that you say that because there has been some debate in the media of late about mm. the white rule, you know, for clothing and and how for female players especially, um, you know, it causes a lot of of stress. To be quite honest with you, when you're on your period, worrying about like leakage and and you know essentially blood showing. Um, as a woman myself, you know, on my period, I do avoid like pale colours. Uh, you know. Because I am, that is something that crosses my mind. So I would not want to be a tennis player having to wear all white clothing um, when you're on your period. And and I think it's it is it is an outdated rule. I think they should certainly 
relax the rules and, and think about the consideration of you know 50% of the participants of the tournament but um yeah just interesting that that's kind of come to the the fore again of, of late uh, certainly an an interesting talking point that surfaced over the last you know few weeks or so and uh it's weird because you know I like to think you know all whites wimbledon yes it's a tradition i actually make it i think it feels special and adds that little something to the event but at the same time i i do agree in in the sense of women periods it's a real you know it's a real issue and i didn't realize that you know players spoke about it and i'm actually quite glad players i think like monica pui i think heather watson i was reading about as well are sort of bringing it to light um and i think hopefully that you know it doesn't fall on deaf ears wimbledon will take a look at it and think about how they can keep that tradition keep that specialness that i think you know has been developed over time but also just accommodate these you know these things these real issues that that players have I I quite like seeing all the different outfits and colors and what the people have so sometimes for me the white can seem a bit bland but I mean this is that's a personal thing but um I appreciate the tradition as well but one tradition that's not carrying on is is Robinson's they're not a sponsor um anymore I think so that that's going so and they've been a sponsor for I think 86 years so I know where am I gonna get my my squash from (laughs) your apple and blackcurrant uh Robinson squash I mean that is just synonymous with Wimbledon but well (laughs) times are changing Uh, let's get back to the draw and the tennis because I'm sure people don't want to hear us talk about soft beverages Um, (laughs) at second quarter of the men's draw um, this is I think a a more fascinating section actually for me you've got Hubert Herkaj, Casper Ruud, Cam Norrie as well as the ninth seed Um, and Tommy Paul who I think has been doing pretty well lately um, and also Ryan Peniston on a wild card so for me there's um, some players in this section that I'm I'm really intrigued to see how how far they're likely to go um, obviously Casper Ruud is, is the top seed in this section most people would say it's it's kind of between him or Herkaj with Herkaj you know having recently won Haller beating Medvedev yeah. the more dangerous Ruud went out in the first round mm. in, in of Queens. Queens yeah to Peniston, to I Peniston, think. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm sort of looking at this quarter and thinking, Hubert Herkaj is is the player to beat here, even though he's not the the highest seed. He's seeded number seven. Mm. Interestingly, he has an he has a first round match against Alejandro Davidovich Fakina, which could be potentially a little, a little bit tricky. I know I, I feel like ADF is is more of a handful on, on a clay court than on a grass court, but I certainly think he has the weapons to trouble Herkaj. But certainly Herkaj, with the way he's been serving, with the way he's been kind of moving and gliding into the net, finishing off the points, from what I saw in Haller anyway, he's going to be a very tough, tough player to, to put away. But um, I certainly think that top part of the, the second draw is, is quite open given... Yeah, Casper Ruud, I'm not really sure what to expect of him. Yes, he got to the French Open final, but given the lack of match practice he's had on, on a grass court, given Kim comments he's said about grass courts in the past, I'm not really sure how like how bothered you know he is about playing Wimbledon. I feel like he, he's like, get me to the post-Wimbledon clay court events uh, before the uh, you know the American hard court swing kicks in. Yeah, I mean, it, it could very well Get be that. Bash so. <laughs> and, and all the all those sorts of wonderful tournaments. Yeah, but I suppose if you go into it with like very little expectation, sometimes you surprise yourself. Mm. So, I mean, it, it will be interesting um, to, to see. But um, I mean, 
going to Cam Norrie, for for example, mm. obviously hasn't had the, the greatest um, build up. I, I would say, obviously lost to Cressy in Eastbourne, but looking at his draw, pretty decent. Um, it would be a, a Grigor Dimitrov uh, rematch. I think he lost to him at um, at Queens, didn't he? So that would be a third round, and I'd love for Norrie to finally get past the third round of a slam you know it feels like he always it it feels like he always ended up facing the dal or Djokovic, and it was like a brick rule stop in the third round so yeah he's definitely got opportunity here who knows maybe a hercage nori fourth round we also have francis tiafo and pablo carreño buster who i think could be in a position to make the most of if if rude does drop early uh you know i think they could be potential candidates to go far. Um, we also, Kim, have in the in round one, we have Bublik versus Fucevic. And Fucevic has had pretty decent form, I feel, at Wimbledon in the past. So it also could be potential for an unseeded player to, to come through, I think, in that in that top segment. Um, yeah, given I, I have this sort of uncertainty around what, what Rude, what form Rude will actually be in, because he's got Ramos Vinolas in the first round and that feels yeah if that's if that's at Roland Garros on Philip Chatrier that feels like a that feels like a great matchup that could go five sets and be a really long match but I feel like that's going to be a strange match on a on a grass court yeah and for, you mentioned Fuksovic he was a quarter finalist last year so mm. good form and his public first round that that's quite a decent uh, opening be quite a nice grounds pass uh, match or court three or something like that um going down into the third quarter. Uh, this is topped by Stefano Sitspas. Um, although I'm just looking at Berrettini, assuming Berrettini is obviously going to get out of this quarter, <laughs> given the fact that he's only lost to Djokovic on grass in the last two years. Um, I mean, Berrettini's got a, a, a very decent draw, I would say, um, all the way through to a quarterfinal with potentially um, Sitspas or Shapovalov, you know semi-finalist from last year uh Paul Job is in this little section as on a world cup with against Nick Kyrgios first round so um I mean I think that's quite a a fun match for Paul Job you know at your home slam he'll love that he's a bit of an entertainer and I think he'll he'll enjoy having that um that experience who knows that might would they put that on centre? Maybe not. Maybe that might be a court, a court one court, match. But... Or court two, I feel like Kyrgios loves a bit oh, of court two. Oh, okay. okay. Mm. But I mean, Kyrgios, you talk about Kyrgios. You love him, you hate him. He's unseeded. And yes, he did. I think he withdrew from uh, Mallorca, I think, just as a precaution due to... Um, just just as a precaution for his body. But if he's coming in fully fit, he, again, is going to be very, very tough. Very, very tough to beat. He could face Sissipas in the third round. Now, I was, I'm not going to like him. I was all ready to write Sissipas off like I have just done to Casper Rude. But Sissipas is in the final in Mallorca. He's got a shot at winning his first ever grass court title, which would be in a very, obviously, timely moment with Wimbledon just around the corner. So who knows? Maybe Sissipas could surprise people because although he is the fourth seed, his record at Wimbledon has, is, apart from, I think, a lone fourth round appearance, it's just been littered with like very, very early exits. Yeah, I think it's it's obviously uh, encouraging that he's got to the final of Mallorca. I don't think he's had to play the highest calibre of, of opponents this week, but he's had, you know, comfortable victories. And yeah, I just, I keep overlooking him when it comes to the grass, but perhaps that's at our peril. And this is exactly 
the sort of, you know, he doesn't want to be talked about. He can maybe just navigate his way comfortably through. However, he would potentially have a match with Kyrgios in the what third round, I think it would be. And he could face, he could face Roberto Batista Agut, who beat Medvedev so easily in Mallorca. He's, I don't know where that came from, because I think there was a reversal of that match in the week before. But um, he's another player who I think, although he's, you know, Spanish and you might think, ooh, He's more handy on a cake court. I think we've seen in the past, he's just very handy on, on whatever court you put him on. And I think you can't necessarily count him out. And, you know, given that he's in the kind of area with Denis Shapovalov, a player who I think will be quite thankful, if I'm honest, Kim, that there are no rank, ranking points to, to defend because he's just not been in very, very good form, I feel, recently. And uh, again, I, I think... You know, even Rinderneck in the first round could be, you know, I, I see Shapovalov getting through that, but I just don't think anything is coming quite as easily for him at the moment as, say, it was last season. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Batista Agut made, you know, made the most of that if that match happened in the third round. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and also talking about people of recent form, Philip Granovich, you know, mm. Queen's finalist, he is seeded and t- towards this bottom section. So could play Kyrgios in the second round or sits past third round. So I don't think we should underestimate him based on the fact what he did at Queen's. Um, I'm also, yeah, Jack Draper's in this little section as well. He's got a wild card in the first round, Zizou Bergs of Belgium. Um, and Liam Brody, who is on a wild card himself, is facing a qualifier. So it's two winnable matches for the Brits there. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely opportunities. Um, but do you, do you still think? Do you still see Berrettini as? Oh yeah, like, I think so. Team? Yeah, I mean, I, Dominor, I, yeah. Dominor's playing quite well at the moment. He's in the final. I think he's just got into the final in Eastbourne. So he's playing some quite good tennis. Could could face him in the fourth round. Oh, he's just beaten. No, he's playing Taylor Fritz at the moment in oh, the semis. So he could very well be in the final of Eastbourne as we're recording this. But yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there are. I just don't see Alex Dominor beating like Berrettini, mm. to be honest, over yeah. five sets. But, you know, things happen. Things happen. Um, <laughs> the last section of the draw... We've got Rafa as the second seed at the bottom. Uh, I think he's got an all right opener against Serendolo, but some tougher names potentially, you know, further down the line. I mean, possibly Sam Query, you know, semi-final. Mm. We know he does know his way around a, a grass court. Um, Sonigo, that's not particularly easy. Botic, Van der Zandt, or Chilich, fourth round. Um, and then a possible quarter with, yeah, FAA, I guess, or Taylor Fritz. Uh, so, I mean, there it gets tough. I don't think Rafa's got as easy a path as someone like Djokovic. But to be quite honest with you, I'm just hoping that Rafa's going to turn up and, and, and play. I know he's there, mm. he's practicing, but I'm just sort of still <laughs> with the back say, of my mind. Him on, yeah, because he, 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 I mean, he's, I think he'll be, you know, obviously looking further than the quarter. He'll be aware, all too aware that Berrettini has landed in his mm. half of the draw and... I think that was one of the the big questions was was you know when the draw landed where was Berrettini going to be and um, you know it was nice they had a nice selfie together when they practiced on the centre court uh, before before play officially begins now that is something completely new at Wimbledon I think it's quite a good thing that they've done that I think they've acknowledged that there were a few quite a few slips um, you know in the last event that led to you know led to injuries you know for example um, you know Serena Williams and they felt I think the ground staff that they needed to play in on the turf and I I quite like that Kim I'm not gonna lie because I think with Wimbledon 
I think the, the sort of their their perception is like everything has to be perfect and the grass courts have to be perfect and cut to the nearest millimeter and I think actually when it comes to the you know center court I think having them a little bit worn in having them a little bit scuffed up with with Nadal and Berrettini having already played on them I think that was a smart move and I'm hoping it will help us not see as many sort of slips and slides and ultimately retirements as we did last last year yeah because that was one of the things that Serena like mm. faced and and had that awful um slip on the, on her first match and there was a lot of hoo ha about the the courts being i guess too fresh and slippery so yeah by allowing practice prior to the tournament starting hopefully that will nip that p- possibility in the bud um but yes i think it's it's difficult i really don't know with with rafa how he's going to be it's been three years since we've seen him on a grass court. He's not won a match at Wimbledon this side of 2020. Well, no, he didn't play last year and then it was cancelled the year before. So, I mean, if you go back to the two years prior to that, he made the, you know, two consecutive semi-finals. But um, it's it's sort of, I still feel like it's a bit unknown. What, What with his foot, the fact that he had to go through so much at Roland Garros just to be able to play... I'm, you know, is, is he going to be doing that again? Have they found a different alternative? I'm not sure. So that's why I'm at the back of my mind. I'm, I'm just thinking of that. Um, for for me, the, the real interesting matchup for this section in the first round is Felix Oje Alessim against Maxime Cressy, who is just now, you know, in the final of Eastbourne. I think um, that could be a possible upset, I suppose, um, of of FAA. But it depends because sometimes people who do very well the week immediately before they just kind of lose that they run out of steam don't they early on in the, the actual slam so i'm mm. i still think felix will probably come through Ooh. yeah i i'm not so sure i think you know cressy's been playing very very well i think his game is obviously very well suited to grass he loves that serve and volley i think he's very been a bit old school i think um i've seen some highlights of him this week with him using the the chip charge kim <laughs> sort of like bringing back some some Tim Henman uh some Tim Henman uh, strategies uh, onto the court but um yeah no he's going to be very uh, difficult to face and Oji Alisim there's no kind of warm up uh you know for him to sort of get into the the tournament um and sort of yeah see yourself in you know he's going to need to come i think you know near enough to the best he can play you know, for his first round match to come through Cressy. And interestingly, he could have Jack Sock in in the second round, who's qualified. So, um, yeah, not the easiest opening, I think, for, for Ogier Aliassim. Dan Evans, uh, from British point of view, also in this section. He's got Jason Kubler of Australia, another qualifier. He's actually also, I think, Evans is in a nice part of the draw. There's a nice cluster of, of qualifiers around him. But yeah, it's it's quite interesting. I think Taylor Fritz also could be quite dangerous. But yeah, with Rafa, he certainly does have, I feel like, the form players at the moment. I think Marin Cilic, for me, is one of the dark horses for the tournament, given his experience, given, you know, what I saw, you know, at Queen's. I just think whenever he plays inspired, like we saw at the, you know, the French Open against Medvedev, if he can just turn up and everything's working for him, dare I say, Kim, there's not many people I feel who could stop him. Yeah, I mean, Chilich recent semi-finalist on clay. So, mm. I mean, we know his his prowess on a grass court also reached the semis at Queen's. Um, I think between, if it's not going to be Rafa, 
I think between him, Fritz, and FAA, it would, mm-hmm. would surely be the um, the quarterfinalists from this section. Mm. And actually, thinking about Taylor Fritz, like obviously getting potentially into the Eastbourne final, if not the semis, maybe he's got finding some form at just the right time. Because since um, Indian Wells, like he hasn't really done anything, but his game's like well suited to grass. Like, why yeah. shouldn't he do well here? I think. Yeah, I agree. Maybe he's just starting to peak again at the right time. Yeah, I agree. You know, good serve, good strong serve, good strong forehand as well. I think he's, again, another player who's got a good, well-suited game to a grass court. Kim, I, we do have a first-round match that I think is is historic for reasons you're going to love. Botic van der Zanschultz playing Feliciano Lopez. Feliciano Lopez in there, not on a wild card, which I think feels like first time in a while. But as a result of that, he has now achieved a record he has achieved 20 main draw appearances at all four grand slams which is un which is unbelievable in terms of longevity i feel like we talk about roger federer uh, as like the king of of longevity but feliciano lopez this is that is that's pretty that's pretty good in terms of consistency dealing with injuries all that sort of things over you would expect a, a full tennis career to do that that is an incredible achievement i know i'll um i mean feliciano lopez is just you know absolutely uh, amazing isn't he we go on about him quite a lot but i mean i don't think he's going to win this particular match mm. he's got Botic van der Zanschel, which is very very tough but um what well, yeah that is a, absolutely a, a a milestone in in longevity um you know <laughs> at, at at grand slams and like the i mean to be fair getting in on direct entry after so long is you know very very impressive it's it's very hard to do i mean you know watching qualifying uh, you know last week you know philip kohlschreiber was there and he got to qualifying round two uh, unfortunately lost and hey that was the end that's the end of his career he's announced his retirement so that longevity is not something you just naturally i think have it's something you've got to you know keep up and uh yeah for lopez to just do this year in year out for for so long incredible achievement yeah he's looked after himself well um good (laughs) good on him (laughs) so should we make some predictions joel um on who we think is going to get out of the men's Mm. draw the semi-finals the final and and eventual champion who are you going for as your semi-final lineup so top half i'm going with novak djokovic versus hubie hubie herkaj i think herkaj you know based on what i saw of him in Halle. He's just a very cool, calm customer with his serve, with his volleys. I think he's going to be a very tricky opponent. And I expect him to get through to the semifinals. And the same with Novak Djokovic. I just think he's just got a point to prove, I think. You know, he's wasn't able to play the Australian. French Open lost to Nadal in the quarterfinals. He's now two behind Nadal in the, you know, in the slam race. So I think, you know, he's going to be extra motivated for this Wimbledon because I think this is a tournament. You know, a lot of people, I think, will it be looking at as as Djokovic as the favourite, um, you know, given his his form and his history with, you know, Wimbledon and, and Centre Court. Um, so, um, yeah, I think he's going to be extra motivated to, to do well here. So I've got them in my top half. And then I've got Nadal Berrettini in the bottom half. I just think, yeah, I think although Nadal's draw is tough, I think I expect him to come through that and Berrettini... I've been amazed and and impressed by how well he's bounced back from surgery, you know, back to back titles. 
his his serve you just cannot count him out and i feel like the only the only way you know he's not going to get to the semis is if his his serve you know his serve breaks down but as i said i don't think i've seen that over the last couple of weeks so i can't count that against him so um yeah those are my those are my two semi-finals I've gone very similar. Uh, I've gone for Djokovic against Herkaj for exactly the reasons that you've outlined. <laughs> and I've gone for Berrettini as well. of you. I know. Are we agree- in agreement, uh, agreement with, with each other. Um, when it gets to the women's, though, we're definitely not, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've gone for Berrettini as well. I haven't gone for Rafa as much as I would love Ooh. him to be there. I just... I'm worried about his foot. Um, I'm a very health anxious individual, Joel. So I'm anxious for okay. Rafa as well. Okay. Um, I've gone for, well, I'm debating between Taylor Fritz and FAA, but I'm actually going to plump for Taylor Fritz um, as a semi-finalist. But I have got a final between Djokovic and Berrettini out of that lot. Uh, it's going to be a repeat mm. of last year, I think. And oh, I've got, okay. I've gone for Djokovic to win. Um, as, Are you... Are you uh, suggesting like Berrettini's like the new Roddick? He's just going to lose in <laughs> in Wimbledon finals. Uh, could well be. Player. Could well um, be. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I have gone for well, I've gone for a rematch of the that French Open quarterfinal. I've gone for Djokovic, Nadal, and I've got Djokovic as my champion. Um, as I said, I think he's got a lot to prove. We know that he loves playing. I think under pressure, he he really kind of revels in that in that situation and um yeah I think he's looked quite good in Hurlingham he's had a from what I've seen of him he he looks like he's in good shape he's gonna be motivated and with the draw he's got I don't think he's gonna have to expend a lot of energy if I'm being quite honest in in week one there might be a couple of of you know tricky moments for him but I certainly expect him you know, to be getting through to the, you know, the latter stages relatively fresh. And again, I think that might give him the edge. Yeah, I think um, he's he's where he wants to be, I think, going into it. And he's just so experienced. I mean, he's, mm. he's Novak Djokovic. So, I mean, that's enough said probably, isn't it? But um, I just think on this surface, it's it's even harder really to to kind of break down his wall sometimes. So we'll um, get onto the ladies draw in just a second. Uh, do join us in the second half where we'll be um, analysing all of that as well as revealing our collector set player picks for Wimbledon 2022. So do not go anywhere. Welcome back to our Wimbledon preview, sponsored by Local Tennis Leagues. And now we're going to have a look at the ladies' draw from Wimbledon. Uh, top seed, Iga Svantec. She is due to open up proceedings on Tuesday um, as a result of Ash Barty, defending champion, not being in the draw. Interesting. What, you think it's interesting that they chose Svantec and not yeah, Pliskova or... Simona uh, Hallett. Or Hallett, I don't yeah. Under- I, don't, I, I understand. I think uh, yeah, you spoke about... Uh, there was a nod to the fact Simona Halep unfortunately pulled out I think of her Mm. match uh, tournament uh, this week in Bad Homburg Bad Homburg yes which might have been a a factor in that decision but Kim I mean one of the picks of of round one is Simona Halep versus Carolina Mukova so in, in my in my head I'm almost like that's a real that's a real curtain raiser match for me and actually, I think if if Simona Halep maybe didn't have that neck injury that is being is being talked about at the moment, then you know for me that that was the perfect match. I feel to open the tournament. I understand Iga Swiatek is 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 world number one and is on a thirty five match win streak, but 
you know, I don't think she's been past the, the fourth round at Wimbledon. And uh, yeah, I was a little bit, I, I, I mean, I, I say, I can understand the reasoning, but I don't, I don't feel like I agree with it, if I'm being honest. All right, Joel, give, give Eager a chance. <laughs> she's probably only played Wimbledon a couple of times. So, you know. Come on, Eager, tell, show me what you can do. <laughs> I think Mukova Halep would be great for like third on court one or something. You know, that kind of oh, what? post work crowd possible upset. <laughs> I mean, I think if Mukova wins, it's not really an upset because she's been to the quarters at Wimbledon. You know, if Halep's injured, I, I think that could go either way. Um, but Eager has a decent draw anyway. I don't see much, uh, to be honest, to really challenge her. I mean, critique of a fourth round, perhaps, or, or Jill Teichman. Uh, quarterfinal would be against Jessica, Jessica Bagula, who has been very consistent at slams, to be fair. Although she's got Donna Vekic in the first round, who does love a grass court from time to time. Um, Mugaruth is also in this section, but, you know, her form has just been so awful. i kind of looking past her in the draw unfortunately yeah Yeah, I agree I'm I I'm a bit I'm a bit like I you know this draw you know last season for example I would have been like oh this is a little bit tricky you know Krachikova in there Muguruza in there but you know there are some players there who you know despite their their seeding feel like they're the form that they're showing is is just not living up to that seeding and particularly with with Muguruza her game is very much tailor-made for for grass court she's been she's played very very well here in the past but you just can't it's a you just feel like it's a big ask for her for where she's come from to go to that that level it feels at the moment it just feels too much of a jump to really see her you know challenging you know challenging in this in this part of the draw and as a result of that I do think you know with Shiontech I think her streak is going to continue. I'm I'm less confident that she's obviously going to get to, you know, the final, like the French Open. I think, you know, Iga Sviontek on a grass court is not as formidable as, as Iga Sviontek on a clay court. But given that streak and all the confidence I think she has, she's still going to come into this thinking, hey, I'm the world number one. I'm the top seed. Yes, Ash Barty isn't here, but I'm go- I can go and win this. Yeah, I'm also less confident that Iga will win the tournament. I'm not sure if 35 mm. will become 42, but I think I think there's enough there for her to reach the quarterfinals. Um, Bianca Andreescu is also in this section mm. and she's unseeded. Yeah. She's got to the final in Bad Homburg uh, by way of, of the Simona Hallett walkover. But, you know, she's been beating, you know, the likes of Kazakina and um, who did she beat before Kazakina? Let me see. Uh, oh, Katie Swan, actually. So, I mean, I don't know if that's going to say she's suddenly in the best of form, but, you know, no one's really been talking about her. We've kind of all not given up on her, but we've mm. sort of stopped being like, oh, what's Andrescu going to do? But perhaps this is, you know, a chance for her to get some good wins. She is going to be dangerous, I think, unseeded with Muguruza around her, Ryback in her as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think she could be quite dangerous. I know we've already... <laughs> Feel like with Andrescu, we've always we always speak about you know her body and and how fit is she, but you know given her form in Bad Homburg, I think yeah she's going to be a real dark horse in this quarter. Who knows? Maybe could set up a quarter final with Sviontek. Kim, we do have some quite interesting round one matches also in this part of the draw. Corne versus Putintseva, which. I think they can get on each other's nerves. They can get on each other's nerves quite easily, I feel. Jill Teitman, Alia Tomjanovic as well. I think 
I know you spoke about Jill Teichman potentially, you know, being a Sheffield Tech opponent in, you know, in, in the latter rounds. But at the same time, I think Tom Janovic, you know, she, again, is a player who plays well, elevates her game, I feel, for, for Wimbledon. I think that is a tricky opener um, for Teichman. And uh, perhaps for me, one of the, the, the other standout match for me alongside Hallett McIver in, in, in round one, Sloane Stevens versus Chinwen Zheng, who was the only player to take a set off Sviantec, uh in the French Open. That is a round one match. Both unseeded players. Um, I think that is, for me, that, that sounds like a ground course. Ground course? A <laughs> ground course. <laughs> oh, my. Ground pass. For me, that's a, a ground pass gimme there. That's a, that's a very appealing matchup for me. Yeah, no, I think um, I, I agree. And Tom Janovic, going back to her, she was a quarterfinalist last year. She was the one that, you know, Raducani retired against in that sort of late mm. night match. Um, also, talking about British players, Harriet Darts in this section, she's got a very winnable match against Masarova uh, of Spain and then would play Pagula second round. And we've also got a, a wild card for Sonne Cartel, who's the young British girl. Um, so I'd be intrigued to see like how she gets on against Kovinich. Kovinich is tough though. She she tough. beat Raducanu, didn't she, yeah. in uh, in Australia? Australia, yeah. yeah. No, I mean there's they're not easy matches, but I think mm. Harriet Dart, given the form she's in, I'd expect her to come through her opener. Um I mean, going on to the next bit of the draw, this is topped by Paula Bedosa. Uh, but you've also got last year's finalist, Carolina Pliskova, in there, uh, as well as Serena Williams as a wild card in this section. So, and, and Coco Goff, you know, recent French Open finalist. We've got former champions, Halep and Kvitova. And it's Samova. And it's Samova, you know, as a, as a young, uh, you know, dangerous opponent. And uh, Camilla Georgie, you know, she reached the semis, I think, in Eastbourne. I mean, it's kind of stacked, um, but I don't have a clue who's coming through this section. I, I don't think Serena Williams is going to go that far, although she's got a great opener, Harmony Tan. I think that's winnable. I think she's going to lose to Sara Cerebus Tormo in the second Ooh, round. No, come <laughs> on, Kim. Sara Cerebus Tormo on a grass court against Serena Williams. Well, I can't. I can't see that. If that's even if Sara Cerebus Tormo. You know, gets to you know gets to the second round. I think I, I I would be very surprised if that match happens if Serena loses that. Given I just don't think Sarah Cerebus Tormo knows how to play on a grass court. I think she just bring her clay court game and the ball will sit up for Serena to to hit. And uh, I don't think that's just a banana skin for Serena. I just I'm I'm thinking more of Serena's fitness and. Um... Mm her agility around the court now given the fact she's been off for so long I think we've seen that being very exposed when she's come back before against you know younger opponents I'm not just saying it's an age thing but just having not played competitively on the tour for for a year um I don't know I just I just I'm not I'm not I know we saw her play a few matches of with on Shabor in the doubles at Eastman which is really fun to watch but yeah I'm not convinced I'm not convinced we'll, we'll have to she'll have to prove me wrong <laughs> I personally think she's in a great spot in the draw just looking beyond this the fact that she's got Pliskova yes she was Wimbledon finalist last year you know runner-up to, to Ash Barty but another player who has shown very little good form of late yes she she had she's been coming back on the you know on the injury trail but um I think that's a nice seed you know to be around and 
yeah, I think I think this is there's an there's an opening there, and there's also a chance for Serena personally from from my point of view to get some more match practice in before those more testing matches. I think it was a bit disappointing that, you know, Onjabur unfortunately picked up an injury, a knee injury that stopped them playing their, their semi-final in the doubles in Eastbourne. Because I think with each game, I mean, even though we saw only two of them, I felt like it was night and day a little bit between their first match and then their second match um, in terms of Williams getting back onto the court, getting the feel, you know, of the racket and the ball and the speed. And I think she was going a lot more in confidence. You could just see with her ground strokes, they were just getting a lot better along with her serve. So yeah, I was only, I was I was like, oh, I just wish she had maybe one more match to get a bit more match practice in. But um I'm I'm yeah, I'm 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 really interested and fascinated to see what Serena Williams does because this could be her last time, Kim. We don't we don't know that, but there's gonna be that I feel like feel like that that atmosphere in the air potentially with whenever Serena Williams steps out on a court in this tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, get, just going back to Pliskova, she lost to Balter, I think, at Eastbourne, didn't she? Mm. Katie Balter got a great win over her. And they might play again in the second round here if Balter and Pliskova can both come through their openers. So that'll be interesting to see if Balter could make it mm-hmm. two wins in a row against Pliskova. I mean, going down to the second, um, sorry, the bottom half of the draw, uh, talking of Ollen Shabor, obviously we, you know, she retired from the, the doubles with that that injury but assuming she's okay to to play at Wimbledon she's um she's got an all right an all right sort of first few rounds possibly Kai Kanepi though in the third round which we know can always be a bit of a banana skin it's fine Kim though because Kai Kanepi's seeded so <laughs> she's gonna be she's not gonna be like dangerous unseeded opponent I I think she's a uh... she's only dangerous when she's like 100 <laughs> in the world is that what you're saying exactly, um, yeah. I mean if 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 Shabal comes through that possible fourth round with Kerber, you know, former champion, um, I, I mean, I have to say I'm looking at Kerber for this one. I know she got to the semis last year here. I don't think she's done as much coming into this as she had done last year. But I just I don't know. I'm kind of for lack of anyone else, I'm looking at Kerber. But um... I, Kim, I'm surprised <laughs> you've not you've not said anything about Caroline Garcia. I haven't got there yet. You, know, you, you keep you've been talking to me all this time this week about. Oh, Caroline Garcia winning a match. Now she's she's into a WTA final, which I feels like the first time in in quite a while. I told you this would happen. I said when <laughs> when she won the French Open doubles, I said just you wait. Her singles career <laughs> is going to have a renaissance, and it's happening. I tell you, the renaissance is happening. Um, but she's got Miyazaki, who you know is our new British player. I saw her play at Eastbourne actually last week. Um, that could be an interesting. I mean, I wouldn't actually be surprised if Miyazaki won that. Uh, if Garcia is a bit sort of fatigued, <laughs> some renaissance, bad Homburg. Well, you know, um, and Katie Swan also in this section on a wild card. She's up against Marta Kostuk. So, yeah, British players dotted here and there, peppered throughout the draw. Uh, right, Raducanu as well, also in this little section. Mm. A tough opener though, I think, against Van Utvank, who you know has won quite a few uh, ITF events lately and reached the quarters at a. Um, as a, a, a Petogenbosch. So I think, you know, given that Radicani hasn't played uh, or had to retire from her last match, you know, Van Utvank's got a lot of matches under her belt, been, been playing well and winning. I, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't think Radicani is, is going to actually win that one, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a tough, that's a tough, tough opener for Radicani. I don't feel like we know where 
Radicon is at in terms of her fitness. It just feels like we've just been going from freak injury to freak injury, one after the other. Um, and the you know her British grass court season hasn't necessarily gone to probably how she would have hoped it. You know, it would have gone you know, earlier in in the season. Um, you know, she still has you know the opportunity at Wimbledon to I think you know make a a big impression and continue you know continue that story because. I think, you know, a lot of people will know Radicani through obviously a US Open triumph and getting to the, you know, the fourth round at Wimbledon last year. And I think to the, the general British public, you know, they will see that as a, a continuation of that. And maybe they won't be as aware, um, you know, of all the of all the things going on on the tour. You know, it was interesting to hear, uh, you know, in the week um, interview with Max Eisenbud, who guides Radicani's kind of commercial interests and um it was interesting to hear they say they've limited Radicanu to a maximum of 18 sponsorship days a year kim and he said we could have done 50 days of shoots i'm surprised they could have probably done 100 with with Radicanu, but um i think it was interesting to hear just a little bit more insight in terms of you know her sponsorships and feel like we just think like <laughs> she's got every single brand under the sun uh, you know wanting to partner with her but it's interesting to hear how they're factoring it in into the tour in terms of these are the number of the days we can commit any more and it's going to affect it will probably affect our performance yeah it's it's nice to know that they are thinking about that and obviously limiting mm. the amount of time she can spend i think that's a very wise thing especially for such a young individual who's you know new to that world um and i think yeah that they, they obviously could have really cashed in and i think you know they've got to it kind of loses the um integrity a bit if you're like literally saying yes to anything you know you've got to have um have a bit of kind of limits don't you for various reasons have like a filter your health and, and everything and your persona yeah so I think obviously that that's good to know that it's been limited perhaps you know many will still say oh it's been too much but mm-hmm. um I'm sure she is focused on on the game she's just been very unlucky with all these little niggly injuries here and there and you know it's still you know she hasn't even done a full year on on tour yet so it's we're like you know it's literally been Mm. this time last year that you know she kind of emerged so I think we need to cut some slack as well because it's you know what she's already achieved is amazing so we shouldn't I think we you know we can't expect too much. And I do hope that some of the the casual tennis fans who just only tuning in for Wimbledon aren't going to be you know sort of too naysayery when they sort of think, oh, why is Radicanu not winning the tournament? Like, you know, isn't she supposed to be really good? It's like, well, actually, you know, um, there are many reasons. And, you know, you get the sort of classic audience that just tunes in for two weeks of the year. So going on to the final quarter of the women's draw, this is headlined by Annette Contivate as the second seed, um, which seems... Just sounds strange. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Maria Zachary is the fifth seed. Uh, I mean, this, I think, is one of the more open section i mean i think every section's open but i i'm really not sure where to go with this one i mean had admire you know she's won two tournaments on the trot semis in eastbourne now seeded you know her ranking's gone right up of late is she gonna have overplayed coming into this like will she be a bit worn out will she will she be able to do it at a grand slam essentially not sure you know you've got the likes of belinda bencic yelena ostapenko she's in the eastbourne final um, she won Eastbourne last year. I had high hopes for her at Wimbledon as a result of that last year, and she wasn't able to quite live up to it. So, um, 
Yeah, I really don't know on this one. I've, I've, yeah, I've... it's 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 very it's very tricky, isn't it? I mean, uh, I mean to be fair to Con- Contivate, she um, has been dealing with um, the effects of of COVID, I believe, over the last few weeks. So I don't expect her to be a hundred percent fit. And you know, her record, uh, you know, in the most recent Grand Sams has not been particularly great. It's still just funny to see her as the you know as the the second seed right at the bottom of the draw. But certainly, I don't think we're thinking you know it'd be very i'd be very amazed and impressed um you know if she was able to kind of get even i think into the the second week you know, given you know the form she's shown recently but um yeah had admire has probably been the most in form <laughs> grass court player um on on the women's tour at the moment um ostapenko belinda bencic also kim i think could be uh, you know an interesting player to watch in this quarter just given how open it is, I think, you know, Benchich doesn't, you know, doesn't normally sort of, you know, have a surprise loss in her in the, you know, first or second round or, or early on, like an Ostapenko could have. And so I think, you know, maybe she, Benchich could be one of those players who takes this quarter by the scruff of the neck because it is there for someone to do that. And it feels like there's quite a lot of players who will be thinking, this is my opportunity to to make a semi-final really because even with you know Sakari at the top I still think there are some question marks there and um yeah it, it could lend itself I think even to an unseeded player I think getting to the the semi-final yeah I've got a few British players in the this section as well uh Heather Watson and Jodie Burridge uh up against Corpatch and Serenko respectively um, also, Tomova Saville, I'm looking at. Tomova, I think, had a, a few good wins of late. And Saville, mm. we know that she, although she's on a wild card, you know, she's been playing much higher than her current ranking of late. I saw her a bit of her against Definitely. Miyazaki at yeah. um, Eastbourne last week. So it's all up in the air. Um, I mean, when it comes to the predictions for this uh, side of things, Joel, <laughs> always a bit more tricky. Uh, who have you? Who are you going for for your semi-finals <laughs> for the lady? Look, I know you were. I put this on the script, and I know that you were shocked and dare I say offended how or, or appalled even how how different my my predictions are to yours. But just just hear me out, Kim. I'm going for top semi-final, top half semi-final. Bianca Andreescu versus Serena Williams. Bottom half semi-final, Onjabor versus Beatrice Haddad Meyer. And I've got a final between Serena Williams and Onjabor. Maybe I'm just thinking in terms of what would look great in a movie, but I've got doubles partners reuniting or uniting in Eastbourne turned competitors <laughs> in the Wimbledon final. Um so yeah, I'm I'm going for a Serena Yabor final, but I mean to be honest, there's still question marks. There's question marks on on all of those people. I mean, Yabor has you know had a, a you know pulled out of Eastbourne with a knee injury. Serena Williams, there's going to be fitness questions there whether she can actually go the you know the the two weeks. But I do genuinely think, looking at that draw, there are 128 ladies in that, and any one of them can win. I think it's so open given that. Yes, Shviontek is there, but there is no Ash Barty. There are obviously no Russians or, or Belarusians either. And it's almost for me like the perfect draw for Serena Williams to, to come to come back to, regardless of 
fitness, regardless of form, you know, how much tennis she's played over the last year, etc. I just think given how open it is, she can find a way into the tournament and see where that takes her. And maybe I just want it to happen so badly, but I've got her ending up as the ladies' champion. Well, Serena, your ball final would be really fun, I think. So I uh, I would be down for that. I just don't think it's going to happen. But <laughs> I mean, I admire your... Um your belief in in that uh, (laughs) I mean I'm not confident with what I've gone for just as an FYI I've gone for Sviontek against Kvitova I mean I think Kvitova is in some sort of decent form making the Eastbourne final but again is it you know too much tennis the week before perhaps Um, my other semi-final I've gone for Kerber just because uh, you know semis last year she found her groove here last year again, and perhaps she's going to find it again. I don't know. And then Ostapenko also in the Swan final. So I'm literally going on like this week, uh, maybe. Um, and then for some reason, I've gone for a final between Kvitova and Kerber, two former champions. Uh, I've gone really old. Is this, sorry, is this 2014 or something? Well, you have predicted Serena to win. So <laughs> I mean, we're just like ignoring all the young generation. Um, yeah, I've gone for Kavita as champion, but in brackets, I've put no idea uh, because I, I really just, yeah. This is the least confident I feel I've been in, mm. in predictions in a long time <laughs> when looking at the, particularly when looking at the women's draw. Indeed. Well, listeners, let us know who you think is going to win because it's it's all <laughs> up in the air. I think, you know, as always, men's side, generally handful of players, women's side, Oh, you know, could be anyone perhaps. Um, But that makes it really fun and interesting and, you know, lots of great tennis coming up over the next few weeks. Um, One thing that we do have is our collector set, which is back for this year's Wimbledon. So for anyone who doesn't know what collector set is, it's a little predictions challenge, which you can all participate in. Uh, We have six players, three men and three women. And basically the challenge is to predict what round you think those players will reach at Wimbledon. So whether they'll win the tournament, whether they'll be the runner-up, semi-finalists, quarter-finalists, fourth round, third round, second round or first round. Um, We will be um, asking for entries to the challenge via social media or you can email us um so facebook instagram twitter let us know what you think at tennis weekly pod uh, or tennis weekly pod at gmail.com um, we're going to reveal the six players now who are going to be in this edition of collector set so joel drum roll please drum roll <laughs> drum roll right the six collector set player picks for wimbledon 2022 are rafael nadal Matteo Berrettini, Nick Kyrgios, Serena Williams, Iga Sviontek, and Coco Goff. Very t- tricky, I think. Very tricky, some of those. Mm. I think, um, yeah, it's it's always hard. To, I think no one's really... We've, we had one, one winner, I think, from the Australian Open who got almost a full set, but I think there's some really... Uh, and then the French Open was the complete opposite. Yeah. It was I think so there, hard to predict. There's going to be some really contrasting responses, I think, mm. when it comes to maybe Serena on this one, uh, maybe Kyrgios <laughs> as well and Rafa. But um, yeah, so if everyone could get your answers into us by the start of play on Monday, that would be fantastic. Um, there is a special prize for the winner. as a coveted uh, mug, <laughs> coveted podcast mug, um, and obviously the pride of, of having beaten all your fellow participants. So, yeah, 
let us know your predictions. Um, we'll be revealing ours as well on our next podcast, which will be our first round catch up. So do let us know um, how, how you all get on and send us your predictions. Yes, listeners, make sure to get your collector set predictions into us. Tell us what round or whether they're going to win the competition these players will get to. So Rafa Nadal, Matteo Berrettini, Nick Kyrgios, Serena Williams, Igor Sviontek and Coco Goff. And as Kim said, we are going to be revealing our predictions in our next episode. We're going to be going round by round as usual uh, across the two weeks at Wimbledon. So that means our next episode will be on Tuesday and it will be our round one, round by round catch up at Wimbledon. So I hope you can join us for that. We're going to be going all the way through the, the two weeks to keep you up to date on all the action at SW19. So make sure to subscribe to Tennis Weekly on whatever device you listen to us on to make sure you are up to date. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all good podcasting platforms out there. You can also listen to us on the DownloadTennis.com app. And if you like what you're hearing, then make sure to leave us a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And you can follow us on social media or email the show. So on social, we're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Tennis Weekly Pod. So do drop us a message, any feedback, comments, questions you've got. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Or you can email the show as well if you prefer, tennisweeklypod at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our website as well, www.tennisweekly.co.uk. And we will be back on Tuesday at Tennis Weekly HQ to catch up on all the round one events at Wimbledon. So I hope you can join us for that. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Kim. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. We will see you again soon.